0: Babe, it is so fucking hot right now. Oh, my God. It's like 95 degrees. The heat index is like 105 and my wrists are sweating, babe. okay. hi, Sean. All right, we have to have a serious conversation. I've been I've been battling inside whether I should talk about this or not. But I think tomorrow is going to be a hard day for people like me. Maybe people like you too. And tomorrow's the 4th of July, and uh, there's reminders everywhere. The fireworks and, and, and loud noises and booms have started. They started last night. Um, people are starting to wear their. I noticed somebody, one of my coworkers, white shirt, blue pants, red belt. And then somebody that came to visit the office had a a star-spangled, phantasmagoric, eleganza, extravaganza on. Red, white, and blue with sparkles and, you know, everything short of uh, firecrackers coming out of her chest. This woman loves the 4th. And I grew up loving the 4th of July. I, My Aunt Gloria, get it, glory, old glory, old Gloria, glory, uh was born on the 4th of July. And since I was a baby, a little baby, we've been celebrating with my family. We do the same thing every year. We go to my Aunt Gloria's house. She sets up nice in the garage, the food. She also has an above ground pool that, you know, when I was little, little kid was like the fanciest thing I'd ever seen before. So, uh, swimming, swimming, food, chicken wing dip, Lots of red, white, and blue cups and paper plates and decorations. And I always loved the 4th of July. Yay! So I was always... I I feel like I got my patriotism as a young boy from, from Disney and also from television. Like, all of my favorite variety shows did a bicentennial... Edition or showcase, and they even had like the bicentennial minute in 1976. And I was five, but I was a very, a very uh, alert five-year-old. I knew what I liked. I liked variety shows. So Sunny and Cher, I, I remember vividly watching their bicentennial show. It was the Sunny and Cher Hour at that point. Uh, they had divorced. Cher was already married to Greg Allman but uh, they had a they had a bicentennial minute where Jim Neighbors. Of all people, played King George the Third. There's sort of a British slant on the whole thing, but Donnie and Marie they had their own. Uh, I think the Brady Bunch had their own hour, their bicentennial hour. There was a ton of bicentennial merchandise. I remember. I just wanted it all: book covers, pencils, pencil cases. People even had Spirit of '76 garage doors. Do any of you remember those? Oh God, they were they were some had the fife and drum corps on the front. But sometimes it just said Spirit of 76 with like a circle of stars. But people did their whole garage door in the American flag. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then I went to Disney World and Disney's version of American history, the majesty of the Hall of Presidents, at the very end where the curtain comes up and it's uh, a sunset in the shape of an American flag. And all the presidents are standing there in silhouette. And the Battle Hymn of the Republic, sung by like a huge chorus, is being sung. Well, it could bring a tear to a glass eye, honey. I loved it. I ate it up. I couldn't wait for the next president to be added. And when I started going there, Carter was president. So I got to see uh, a lot of great presidents come through. These amazing men. I remember we had a record album that had the battle hymn of the Republican parts of, um, Lincoln's, uh, I think t- two addresses done by Lincoln and I knew every word and I used to lip sync them to my class. So I was like a little lip syncing Lincoln. <laughs> is it a, is it a wonder I had no friends at all? I don't know if anyone remembers this, but we used to put the album on. And then there was uh, a group of spiritual songs, Negro spirituals that we used to listen to. Um, I remember one was called Down by the Riverside. And oh, I loved it. It was so uh, rowdy. And, and joyful. What a joyful song. So um, we used to sit and listen to those things. And then when Epcot opened, it's divided into it's really an experimental prototype community of tomorrow. That's when Epcot was, I think, in all caps. So Epcot was divided into two sections, two worlds, future world, where you could experience what the future of 1983 was going to be like Uh Or World Showcase, where you could visit other countries, close facsimiles of other countries. And the American Pavilion has a moving, a stirring multimedia presentation that culminates in a beautiful song called The Golden Dream. And again, it could bring a tear to a glass eye, I am telling you, and for years, I would go and watch that show and think, "This is—I am so proud to be an American." Like, who wouldn't love? Like, look at what—look at what we've done as a country. Look at the Industrial Revolution. So, look at Susan B. Anthony. It was so wonderful, and the the clips that they showed from—they sort of ended it at the at World War II, and then they sort of jumped into a uh, a film collage of different things that brought us up to the present. So I just loved it. I I would sing along to the Epcot uh, soundtrack that I had. Uh, I would sing The Golden Dream. I pretended I was one of the uh, the recording artists that recorded it, and that was going to be like my claim to fame. Like, hey, have you guys met Sean? I don't know if you knew it, but he's on the Epcot soundtrack. He he was one of the singing voices for The Golden Dream. Yeah, not to brag, but I just, this is, I loved, oh my God, my love for Epcot as an entity, really knew No Bounds. We talked about scale models, right? Two words for you, working lights and small fountain. So, yeah, I was really uh, getting my history, my American history, from the Hall of Presidents and from Sonny and Cher and from the American Adventure at Epcot. So it's no shock That as I grew older, I sort of was blissfully unaware and not very political. And I voted for the first time in 1992 for and I was I had been out for three years as an openly gay man. So I voted for Bill Clinton because that's just I mean, he was on the cover of The Advocate with Al Gore. Their heads were superimposed onto super hot guys. So I thought, well, he's my candidate and i thought bill clinton was great i kind of had like sexy dreams about bill clinton at the time i thought he was super cute and that's how i chose how i voted are you, are they are they sort of cute or i thought he was super cute so then like who okay so who came after bill clinton oh yeah george bush so i i remember seeing a 60 minutes interview with him, and he was wearing a cowboy hat. And I thought, well, he's also kind of kind of cute, but boy, does he seem dumb. And I think I read he did Coke once. So I don't know what I was thinking in the year 2000. I wasn't thinking much. I was drinking, not thinking, and uh, taking a lot of trips to New York and uh, having a great time going to Fashion Week and uh, just, just thinking about sort of a hedonistic lifestyle, not thinking about politics at all. But I still love the American Adventure. And I once in a while maybe sang the the Golden Dream on occasion. So uh, my friend Alicia's sister, Mara Hoffman, is a fashion designer and was planning a fashion show for September 11th, 2001. So we booked our tickets and I was super excited to go. What am I going to wear? I had my outfit all planned and we would go and we would be VIPs at these fashion shows for fashion week. Like what am I doing at fashion week in my old Navy or my urban outfitters uh, rags, schmata that I had on. And so we were ready to go. We were uh, on a plane We were ready to take off, and we were on JetBlue, and the TVs were off. And when we took off, the TVs popped on, and the first thing we saw was that the World Trade Center had been hit by something. We thought maybe a bomb went off, or then they said that a a plane flew into it. And I couldn't tell by the size of the hole if it was a prop plane or what. Nobody knew what had happened. All I knew is that we were flying to New York, see a fashion show plus i wanted to eat cupcakes and i remember turning to alicia and saying do you think mara's show is going to get canceled and she's like no i don't think so this is awful though this is just awful like those poor people there were people in that building and on those floors this is whoa a second plane hit the second tower while we were in the air watching on television heading to the city where they're flying planes into buildings. So my psyche is delicate, as you know, and I immediately knew it was the end of the world. Like I knew that this was, this was the end of, of life as I knew it. And I would miss my parents a lot. And I was sad that I wasn't going to get to, uh, you know, fall in love one day and get married. But I, I was sure the world was ending. This is exactly what I had seen in a documentary called The Man Who Saw Tomorrow, which was about Nostradamus and Orson Welles. He predicted the whole thing. I, I remember there was a scene where New York was on fire and uh, the Statue of Liberty came crumbling down. And I thought, well, that certainly must be next. So we watched this unfold. They kept playing it over and over and over again. And we had to alert the flight attendants and tell them, yeah, by the way, they're flying planes into buildings in New York City. We are in a plane heading for New York City. So could you let the pilot know? We honestly had to let them know what was happening. So the pilot uh, said, due to some activity in New York City, we are turning this plane around. And luckily, we didn't land in New York City because we would have been stuck there for quite some time. So the plane reversed its course and headed back to Buffalo. And in the meantime, the Pentagon got hit and one of the towers collapsed. And I remember us watching this in absolute horror and, and and thinking about, God, Alicia's family, her mother is there, her sister is there. New York looked like it was, it looked like the whole like tip of, of lower Manhattan was on fire. And it was just, I couldn't imagine w- what was happening. And I remember somebody on the plane said, it's a fucking terrorist. And I thought, well, what now? I couldn't even think I thought about terrorism. Like, what is ter- What is what do you mean? Terrorist like who? Who would hate us this much that they would fly commercial jets full of families into buildings? People love America. Why would anybody want to do this? We landed and uh, to make a long story shorter... I went into immediate, uh, what's the right word? Like, I couldn't watch enough footage of this happening over and over again. Like, I wanted to figure out how this happened, why this happened. I became submerged in all things September 11th, because I really felt like I was, like, part of it, in a way, being in a plane heading to New York City that day. And uh, I started therapy, (laughs) like, February. So September February of 2002 got right into therapy because I was I was too uh, I had too much post traumatic stress from that experience, and I I worked my way out of it. But as I worked my way out of it, I started to realize people hate America. How could anybody hate America? I mean, didn't they watch the Sunny and Share Hour? Didn't they see the bicentennial review? didn't Donnie and Marie convince them to love America? So this is sort of where my head was. And I, I'm an NPR listener surprise. And I remember them saying something like uh, flag waving or patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel because people were just sort of, you know, rows and rows of, of, of uh, houses on Staten Island and every one of them with an American flag. And I was like, well, I kind of wanted to hang, hang a, flag too. like, Look at what an awful thing happened to America. But then as I started to read why people didn't like America and some of the things that we had done, I realized that our our hands had some blood on them. And I, I that quote, I just thought, how could flag waving be the last refuge of the scoundrel? Samuel Johnson, I believe, is the person who said that in 1775 September 11th. And then we immediately went to war, right? With uh, Iraq and George Bush just showed how stupid he was and, and how, how uh, inarticulate he was. And I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed that this was the person representing us. And, uh, but I remember liking Giuliani and thinking he's America's mayor. Look at how he's trudging into ground zero with these people. He's got his mask on. What a great guy. At least there's Giuliani. So I I just was I was very vulnerable. And it got to the point where I was so upset with with this country and so upset with George Bush uh, that I I threatened to move to Canada. It's an idle threat that many of us make. But I remember going to uh, Reverend Joel at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Buffalo and really pouring my heart out about how conflicted I was being in a country where I feel like now we're, we're, we're killing civilians in, in a war against not even the people that did this to us. Uh, I believe they were from Afghanistan and we were like heading for these weapons of mass destruction that didn't exist. And I remember hearing a commentator saying, if you want to make an omelet, you got to crack a couple eggs. And I thought, well, that makes me sick. Like, these iraqi children are the 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 uh, eggs were cracking to make this omelet just disgusting so Oh, it was a really bad time. And I just thought it could not get any, how could it get any worse than 2002, 2003, 2004? Like it just, it couldn't possibly get any worse. And I lived through, I remember that when George Bush would be on TV, I'd put my hand up so that I could see like the news reporter, but not him. And when he'd come on to NPR, I would press the button real fast so that the, the mute would come on so I didn't have to hear his voice. I'm telling you this just so you can see where my fall from grace was. I went from lip syncing Lincoln's addresses to uh, becoming someone who wanted to move to Canada, an expat. I wanted to be an expat. And it happened, September 11th was definitely the catalyst for me. And so I started to ask lots of questions. I started to put uh, thought-provoking bumper stickers on my car. I started to go to, I remember going to a Howard Dean rally, well, we all know how that turned out. And to think that Howard Dean did himself in just by yelling loud. He did get a little crazy there, but it's amazing to think that that was once our, our barometer for madness. So tomorrow's the 4th of July. Let's let's get back to that. And we are going to be with friends and family, perhaps, who don't agree with us politically. And it's going to be really, really hard for a lot of us to have to avoid conversations about just about everything that's going on in our, our country today. Uh, maybe there's people who are cool with it and, and don't and want to talk about it. Hey, but I don't. And so I'm really conflicted because I, I'm glad I'm off tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm nervous all, all the time. About interacting with people who might even bring up politics because I'm non confrontational and I don't ever talk about politics with anybody unless I'm sure that they agree with me. <laughs> And I don't know, maybe you're like that too. But I think that that's not a, a great thing all the time. And I've been thinking a lot about it and thinking about me and my friends and how we've all kind of experienced this, this moment of epiphany or this moment of discovery where we realize that people that we love, some some of, some people that we love very, very, very much may be completely opposite of what we think about politically. That people that we love may have voted for Trump. That people that we love may be uh, right on board with how immigration is going in our country. That people that we love might be boycotting Target for uh, letting trans people use their bathrooms. Uh, It's really hard. It's a really hard time and it's 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 where I want to turn a blind eye and be like I don't want to hear it I don't want to know I don't want to I don't want to talk about this with you because I want to continue to love you like I used to love you before I knew what I think I know or suspect that I know about you. Oh, I'm so conflicted. So so we're in this really odd time and we've been in it since the election I think. We've been in this odd time of of People posting things or not posting things on Facebook, uh, people losing friends, people uh, who are married to, to somebody who opposes them politically. And it's not just about like, I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative, so I'm Republican. Or, you know, I'm, I'm definitely pro-choice, I'm pro-woman, so I'm, I'm Democrat. Uh, it's, it's become like, do, do you support the Nazis, do, do you want to see trans people banned from the military? Do you like to see children in cages? Like it's 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 so outrageous now that it's it's terrifying to talk about. And I I've gone from a place of being terrified to being in denial, thinking that some people that I love very much may have voted for Trump um, to being a little bit more curious. I feel like that. I've really curated the people who are in my life and in in my son's life and and in our life. And I, I love very deeply. (laughs) I have really good friends and I I have great company, you know, show me uh, the company you keep and I'll tell you who you are. Have you heard that one? That's a good one. Uh, so the company I keep, I'm very careful about. And again, that's why I'm horrified sometimes to, to even broach the topic of politics with people, because I don't want to find out that, that, that I'm, I'm diabolically opposed to somebody's political views. But the thing is, everybody is valuable. And I think of that saying, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, um, people are valuable, even though their politics may be different than yours. This is excluding. Here's the here's the the tag. This is excluding Nazis, uh, white supremacists, uh, rapists, misogynists, um, people who mock the disabled. I'm not talking about garbage people, and there are there are people who are strictly garbage, scum bottom pig people out there, and I these people are not. those that I've chosen to be in my life or who have been in my life. Um, They wouldn't make the cut for sure. But not everybody has to agree with me. Not everybody has to completely agree with everything that I see. Wouldn't it be a boring world if, if everybody did? However, it's really difficult to have conversations with people without having them shut you out. I think that in social media, I've seen many, many posts about, if you feel this way, you may as well unfriend me right now because you're a Nazi and you're a rapist and you hate children and and, and you hate gay people. And I think that n- n- people are very afraid to talk about their own politics. And again, I'm excluding the garbage people here. I'm talking about actual loved ones, people that we treasure. And is it possible to treasure someone who may think politically different than, than you And, you know, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I've been thinking about this f- for days and, and thinking about the 4th of July and when, you know, when people appear with the flag on what it used to mean to me and what it means to me now. And and I'm guilty of rolling my eyes and being like, ugh, when I saw this person come into the office today with the, the American flag extravaganza on, <laughs> I just rolled my eyes like, Oh yeah. Yay. Um, I wanted to say flag waving is the last refuge of the scoundrel. So what are you hiding behind? But that's not fair of me. I mean, I don't know this person at all. So I just, oh, judgy-wudgy. That's me. So I heard this. So I got in the car. I I got in the car to go have lunch. And uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on NPR. And he was talking about water. And he said that there are more molecules in one cup of water than there are cups of water in the oceans of the world. What? They're so little. That means water molecules that pass through you Given enough time, we'll scatter into every other possible cup of water somebody else could drink. So we're all sharing these teeny tiny molecules. And it's been this way since the beginning of time. So as Neil pointed out, we are probably most likely drinking the same water molecules that pass through the bodies of Jesus, of Genghis Khan, of Abe Lincoln, of B. Arthur. Think about that. So we're connected. We're connected. It's, it's very universal. It's very molecular. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we're connected to people that we may disagree with. Not talking about the garbage people, but we're connected. And again, Norman Lear, uh, his, he was asked if ever he had a bumper sticker on his car, What would his bumper sticker say? And I was dying to know. And he said it would say just another version of you. And so didn't I go to Cafe Press and get that made? And that's my bumper sticker. Just another version of you. What does that mean? So we all want a lot of the same things. Uh, whether it be safety or... I mean, think about the hierarchy of needs. We want want to be fed. We want to be warm. We want to be safe. We want love. We want to have self-esteem. We want to self-actualize. We all sort of want the same things. We want to be respected. We want to be taken seriously. We want to live a long time. Uh, We want to be healthy. And I mean, that's a starting point, right? But just another version of you. It, It really sort of takes me aback because I've seen, I actually was driving beside somebody who had... A bumper sticker that said imports are for fags. (laughs) And I thought, well, the the irony of this, I'm a fag in an import. I drive a Tiguan, which shockingly is a a combination, a hybrid of a tiger and an iguana. Have you ever heard of something as stupid as that? But that's Volkswagen for you. Uh, Yeah, I'm a fag in an import, you hate fags. In an import, and my bumper sticker says "just another version of you." So, what could we possibly have in common? Well, we, the molecules, right? And you know, if w- what if we were forced into a room together, what would we talk about? Why, would I want to know why you think fags drive imports? You probably hate I- imported cars, and you hate fags. So, what could we talk about? But I would like to think, even me and this person driving that car with that bumper sticker, could find something that would bond us together. I I don't know. Maybe this is a very Pollyanna-ish view of humanity, but I again, it's a garbage person, right? That would put something like that on their car. But if forced, I I bet I could find something. I bet I could find something. And so he's not a loved one, right? He's not a a, a cherished friend. So couldn't I sit down with a a cherished friend who's a Republican and have a conversation with them? Not all Republicans are Nazis, right? And there are people who say, well, you voted for Trump. You knew what you signed on for. And I don't disagree with that necessarily, but I don't think everybody is mocking the disabled. don't think everybody's grabbing women by the pussy. I don't think everybody is um, advocating for for separating families. I I can't imagine that they all are. But I guess I'd want to know the 4th of July. Why can't it be simple? I guess it could be if you turn a blind eye. But I'm choosing to not be afraid to get into A little discussion with someone. Uh, I don't mean tomorrow. Oh, God forbid. It's too hot. It's too hot to talk about politics. That's what I'm going to say. It's too hot. I'm just saying this isn't going to go away. We're going to be faced with uh, coming across people who are not like-minded and we're going to have to get along a little bit. And these, again, might be people that we really loved, love, want to continue to love and understand and think about the molecules, right? And, oh, when I go back and think about uh, the Hall of Presidents, how how can I ever return? (laughs) I can't. I can't do it. I just couldn't do it. I draw the line. I draw the line. I uh, can't. I would love to be in the room, though, just to hear moans and groans or maybe people cheering. I don't know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm never going on the Hall of Presidents again on it, in it. And, Uh, The American Adventure, when I think about what they've glossed over. Oh, hello, slavery. And to think that song, Down by the Riverside, I'm going to lay down my sword and shield, Down by the Riverside, was a Negro spiritual that slaves sang. And here I am, a little white boy at St. Amelia's Catholic School, just shucking and jiving to this song like, like I probably had never seen a black person before. It's embarrassing. My white privilege in my life is embarrassing. So I have a lot of uh, oh, God, there's so much to this. can it just be about apple pie? OK, here's what I want it to be about. Apple pie, Betsy Ross and the Fife and Drum Corps. Yes, that's what I want it to be about. But it's not. So I want you to think about what the flag means to you. I want you to think about those people who you're afraid to know who they voted for and they never mention it. But. Are they bad people? Are we going to cut them out? Are we going to unfriend them for life? I don't know. I think that that our relationships are too important. They're just another version of you. They see things through a different lens. Um, fags do love imports, I have to say. <laughs> show me a fag and I'll show you an import. But I couldn't believe that that was even illegal. Like, you could have that as a bumper sticker. But I, I've, I've seen some ra- really racist bumper stickers, too. Um So yeah, there's, it's so loaded, but it just comes up. You know, I I feel like I've had a a fall from innocence, a fall from grace, going from wanting a spirit of 76 garage door to, you know, being completely repulsed by the news, like physically viscerally sick to my stomach when I look at the television. Boy, am I a cheery bastard today. It's hot. Did I mention how hot it was? Oh my God. I can't wait to turn my air conditioner back on. I'm going to lay in front of it. Uh <sighs> so happy 4th of July. <laughs> I hope this gave us something to think about. I've I've been struggling with it since election day and maybe you have too i don't know maybe it's cut and dry for you fuck them fuck them you're 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 not part of the solution so fuck you but i I feel like there's more to it i feel like i feel like we're we're drinking the same tomorrow when you're drinking your dansani bottled water i want you to remember that b arthur herself drank out of that same batch okay so have a great 4th of July. I hope it's it's conflict-free, but, but remember, pe- people might have something to say that, that's worth listening to, so I don't know. I'm going to go to YouTube and see if I can find the Sunny and Share Hour Bicentennial Showcase. Have a safe and happy holiday, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>